The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Well, good evening. Welcome. Glad you are here. Yes, we are back after a long baseball and holiday hiatus. But, oh my goodness, we're going to try to jam a week and a half's worth of shows into two hours. It's always more fun. Fun when you're part of that, though, 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Avail yourself of that number. If you call in, you'll be talking to Matt. He is producing the big show tonight. Uh, be nice to Matt. He's having a day. Things are uh, things are not going his way. But uh, So be nice to him. He'll put you through. Then we can talk. That's the way it's going to go. If you want to text in, that's always good, too. Uh, we can start with our text question of the night. Uh, today, I don't know if you know this, is National Kissing Day. Yes. Who was your first kiss and where were you? And you can throw your age in there, too, if you want. But, yes, it's National Kissing Day. So who was your first kiss and I don't mean like kissing your uh, your parents when you were three. I'm talking about a romantic kiss. I don't know when yours uh, when yours might have been, but that's what uh, that's what we want you to share. The old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. I was uh, I was thinking about this a lot as I you know trying to remember mine, and I there was the first kiss that was initiated on me, and then the first kiss that I initiated. Um, the first one that was initiated on me, they both happened in the same year. Uh, and maybe I could be a late bloomer. I don't know. I was a senior in high school and I was in a play and I had the lead in this play. And the, the girl who was my co-star, who had the female lead in the play, we finished the show and the, oh, it was wonderful. The performances were fantastic. I was, uh, you know, passable as a 17 year old playing an old man. And uh, she, afterwards, we're in the back near, the, you know, at the dressing rooms or backstage. And she jumped up into my arms and kissed me. And, you know, like uh, tongue and the whole thing. And I had, it was, it was shocking. Shocking. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but it was shocking. So that was my the first one that was initiated on me. And then later in the year... Um, I started uh, another theater. This is a theater kids were uh, theater kids were uh, nuts. Um, so <laughs> I started dating a girl who was I was in another play with, and that one was the one I initiated. So that was my Matt. How old were you when you had your first kiss? Were you in high school? Were you in grade school? Are you still waiting? I was. I waited to the last possible minute in high school. The last <laughs> possible minute. Talk about so getting it in before the buzzer. The last day of school. I it was it was prom night, so it was right before okay. our last day of school. Our last day of school was the Monday after prom, and so less than forty eight hours before uh, I nice. took my final class. Nice. Now, is this a girl you were dating? Not really. In prom, we went as groups, so oh, okay. it was initiated by a lot of my friends who had long <laughs> relationships at the point. And, you know, you pick the spare yeah. people and you put them together so the whole groups can go together. And that's the way it works. And, you know, I could say it was a fairly good night. There you go. Well, congratulations. Uh, so the tech's already rolling in. And, again, it is National Kissing Day. Uh, who was your first kiss? And where were you? And how old? 
Uh, R.L. Mo- from the 414, R.L. Molin in 7th grade with an exclamation point. Good for you, 7th grade. I like that. Uh, Judy just saying hi. Uh, Jim Bierbauer, 13, at the Illinois Forest Preserve. That from the 262. Mike in Whitewater says, 1969, Chris Height, first grade. in fo- First grade. Man, what a player, Mike. Very nice. Uh, I was 12 at the bus stop with my girlfriend. We had a Wonder Years type of romance. I'm 41 now. Oh, that's very nice. So, yes, certain things will stay with you forever. And you'll remember those, uh, you'll remember those kind of firsts. And it usually is kind of an innocent thing with the person that you're maybe the first time you've ever felt that way about somebody else and you're like oh this is a big thing and i was thinking i almost got confused because in eighth grade we were at a party but eighth grade it was just put your arm around somebody that was the big that was the big thing in eighth grade i wasn't out uh, i wasn't out smooching in grade school not that there weren't a couple girls i wouldn't have minded smooching in grade school i just uh, never did and then then i get shipped off to an all-boys high school until uh until junior year when we went co-ed and then that's when theater got very interesting in, <laughs> in those two days. So, yes, that is, uh, that is our text question of the night. I, uh, this was, as I was reading about this and thinking about this, there was also the, the question came up. If you have kids, do you make them like kiss relatives hello and goodbye if they don't want to? You know? If because some kids some kids don't care like if your grand if their grandparents come over they'll run and give them a kiss aunt and uncle friends whatever uh, some kids are very hesitant about that and there's a lot of parents and you see them and it's uncomfortable if you're the person that they're trying to force the kid to uh, you know give a hug or give a kiss a hug a hug is less uncomfortable if the parents are going to give your kid a hug um, than a kiss but neither one I don't think should be forced on a kid if a kid doesn't want to give you a hug or a kiss that's fine you know sometimes with my nieces um, you know some sometimes I see my nieces they run right up they want to give me a hug other times I see them and I can tell they don't want anything to do with me so we make our we make small talk and that's fine you know but my uh, my brother has never forced you know them to come up and i was thinking back and i don't i don't think we did with my daughter either so if you're you know on this national kissing day remember friends don't have your you don't have to force your kids to uh give anybody a kiss if their grandparents or or somebody gets that upset that the kid won't kiss them that's probably an issue with the adult definitely not an issue with the kid all right. Speaking about issues, uh, this came out a little bit uh, a couple hours ago. The uh, Cudahy woman who was charged with stealing money from Honor Flight was in court today. We'll talk about that a little bit and they get to a whole lot more. We're back. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Nooner, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. If you want to text in our text question of the night, it's National Kissing Day. Who was your first kiss? Where was it? How old were you? All the memories. Do you think certain crimes make you feel angrier when you when you read about them, when you hear about them, when people uh, appear in court? Do you just, something? you know, most of us don't like any crime, obviously. Duh. That's not a hot take. But sometimes 
things really bother. Like for me, a crime against a child makes me madder than you know somebody robbing a liquor store. That doesn't mean you know that robbing a liquor store is not horrible. Uh, crimes against animals. When people steal from charities, that makes me really mad. Uh, and you know, you remember a few weeks ago when this uh, Cudahy woman was accused of taking money from her nonprofit, which she was raising in the name of Honor uh, Stars and Stripes Honor Flights. So she was caught um accused of this crime she made an initial appearance in court today i'm not even going to say her name uh i just why it's to me it's like not saying the name of one of these mass shooters she doesn't need any more publicity you know well you'll hear about it on on the news you'll see you'll see this but i'm not going to say her name but anyway she was form she formally heard the felony charges against her today she was charged with theft in a business setting of between $10,000 and $100,000, which is a Class G felony. The prosecutors allege that she collected more than $100,000 in donations that was supposed to go to the Stars and Stripes Honor Flight Program. For She was doing this for 10 years, between 2013 and 2023. Uh, the court commissioner found that there was enough probable cause to uh, send the matter to trial. She has to report Sunday to Milwaukee County Jail to be booked. If she doesn't show up on Sunday, there's going to be a warrant issued. She did not enter a plea today. I don't know about you. I, If I was in trouble, I would want a really good lawyer. But when I'm looking at a case from the outside, sometimes I get very frustrated with attorneys who I know are doing their job. And like I said, I'm not, uh, I would be, I would want my defense attorney to mount a rigorous defense even if even if it sounded a little silly to the layman's ears because you and I who are not attorneys sometimes um sometimes we don't really understand the intricacies of the law they don't seem to make common sense and i'm sure i'm not the only one who feels that way but uh her attorney did speak today and he said that his client is quote dead set on making everyone harmed in this controversy whole end quote and you wonder don't you would it, would she have felt this way had she not been caught probably not so of course you know the attorney's going to say that oh she's not a bad person you know she she's going to give it all um he went on to say quote she had every intention of being a community servant and one thing led to another, end quote. Then he said, quote, she's ready to make good on this situation. What does that mean, one thing led to another? You know, I really intended to be a good person. But then I saw the money. And one thing led to another. It's like if Seinfeld was writing this script, and yada, 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 I, you know, pocketed money that was meant to go to a charity. Uh, no, you can't. You can't just blame the one thing led to another. That's not. I mean, you can. I guess if that's the defense you want to mount. Um, but you're going to also have to be talking to people then on a jury or a judge who have had things come up in their life, uh, and didn't turn to crime allegedly, as she is charged with. Um, 
The attorney then said this is the first step of many for her to make right in the community. Yeah, well, you know, if she's found guilty, she faces a maximum punishment of 10 years in prison and a fine of up to $25,000. So, again, a Class G felony. But this one, you know, this crime just bothers. It's it's like the people who you hear about where they put the, um, you know, they put the buckets in stores or restaurants and they have a picture of a kid and the kid or they're supposedly very sick. And it's like, hey, we need to, you know, we're trying to raise money for this. Uh, is there any way you can help? But people, people donate money, money, money. And then it turns out it's all a scam. And there's a special ring of hell, I think, for these people. And I can't, I can't wait. Now, I, I don't know if this woman is guilty or not. We have to, right? We have to presume she's innocent. The, uh, the Justice Court Commissioner says there is enough probable cause to send it to trial. So I guess we'll see. John uh, joins us at 855-616-1620 on the Old National Bank. Talking text line. Texting in. She, if convicted, is the equivalent of dog dirt. Yes. Uh, human garbage. It's, uh, but, John, I agree with you 100%. This is that's the that's the lowest. Now I will be I will be interested to hear the one thing that led to another, because again, according to her attorney, she had every intention of being a community servant. What would it be? What would it? All right, let's pose a hypothetical, and I would love it for you, love for you, to give me the answer to this. Here's your hypothetical. What is the one thing that could lead to another that would make you go from a potential public servant, someone who is raising money to help Stars and Stripes honor flights, or any, any charity, any you know, community service thing where there's, where there's some money involved? If we're, going, if we're to believe this defense that one thing led to another... What is the one thing that would lead you then to steal money? What could it be? Let's talk about that and more. 855-616-1620 will continue right after this. WTMJ Nights. Now more of WTMJ Nights. I like what you're doing, man. You got the money for nothing. But I think Dire Straits is talking about, uh, you know, something different. We're talking about the uh, Cudahy woman who was charged with stealing honor flight money uh, to make good. She's Her attorney says one thing led to another. And that's my question to you at 855-616-1620. What is the one thing that could lead to another to make you commit allegedly a Class G felony, which is what she is charged with. 414 texts in uh, addiction, and yes, all right, I would, I could see that. If you are an addict, you're not going to make the best, uh, the best decisions, and you are going to steal. You're going to steal from people that you care about. You're going to steal from your work. You're going to steal for everything. Okay, addiction. Uh, I was trying to figure this out. What would, what would do it? And I would hope nothing. I would probably be tempted if like, my wife or daughter were horribly ill and I didn't have money to help with treatment or whatever. That would push me, tempt me. Would I do it? Man, I hope not. Uh, I don't think I would, but 
you know, when, when you're faced with those situations, you never really know. But other than that, there's nothing I can say which would be the one thing led to another excuse. You know, the only thing I could see is if, you know, and I'll take the 414's text as a suggestion. If you are addicted, it's not an excuse. By any means, it doesn't make it right. But you go, all right, somebody's not in their right mind if they're in the throes of addiction. So they'll make they'll make a really horrible choice. People who are under stress will make bad choices. But most people who are under stress are going to uh, look at it and go, okay, it's not worth it. Because if you, you know, all of a sudden you make that choice, you give into that temptation, and you do get caught. And listen, most people, most people are going to get caught. There's no genius criminals out there, you know, especially, especially running amongst us, you know, regular folks who decide to do something wrong. They they haven't been plotting and planning this their whole life. Um, she only made five donations for all the years, uh, seven-year period. She was collecting all this money for ten-year period, but in over a seven-year period, uh, she made just five donations to uh, Stars and Stripes on her flights, totaling nineteen thousand dollars, a little over, almost uh, twenty thousand dollars. But uh, yeah, she has uh, allegedly taken a lot more than a hundred thousand. All right, on the other side of the news, good news for education and the question to you is is primary and high school education a right for every young person that should be taken care of by the government we're going to talk about that after the news but right now it's 6 30 we go in to the wtmj 24-hour news center that's where jessica gatso is ready to go this is wtmj nights Brian Nooner, WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talk and text line. Do you think that elementary and high school education is a right of every young person and should be taken care of by the government? We'll talk about why I'm asking that, but uh, let's go back. Our text question of the night, uh, because it's National Kissing Day, who was your first kiss? Where were you? How old were you? Well... We have not been here for a while uh, because of Brewers games, but the Knights Poet has been lurking, waiting to make another appearance. And the Knights Poet checking in. So a first kiss is what you ask us to recall, a memory that exists down a long memory hall. When I think back to when that event did occur, my memory may be subject to somewhat a blur. I remember the excitement, the challenge, the fright, the time our lips touched, it made me take flight. For my first kiss occurred on our backyard play gym. It was my neighbor, of course, but her name wasn't Kim. It was Heidi, in fact, the girl I adored. I was probably about seven the first time, the time I first scored. So the first kiss we hold in our memories so dear, we hang on to them, hoping they always remain clear. But in fact, we embellish the things that have passed. But even so, it's these memories that we hope always last. From our Knights Poet. That's right, WTMJ Knights, the only program to have a Poet Laureate. And we are always thankful when our Knights Poet checks in. All right, let's get back to this. You heard Jessica talking about it in the news. You've probably heard about this all day. Governor Evers getting creative with the veto. 
and uh, pretty much setting up school funding till 24-25. He got rid of um, he got rid of a hyphen and a 20 from a reference from the 2024. So he just turned that into 24-25. The increase $325 per student for the next you know, hundreds of years. Uh, it's the highest single year increase in revenue limits in state history. Now, you know, I know this is tied in with a lot of other things, but I always applaud when schools get their get their due. If we are not putting money into educating our students, we are in big trouble. Uh, if you've been following, we've been talking about how the legislature has now decided uh, to change the way Wisconsin students are taught to read because reading scores here have been abysmally low. So we're trying to make that. Well, all of those changes, all of those educational needs cost money. Does that mean other things don't cost money? No. Tied into this were some vetoes on the tax break. And this is where this is where I got a little confused, and maybe you can explain it to me, because uh, I don't understand. You know, the Republicans in the legislature are saying, hey, you know, Governor Evers said he was going to help the middle class, and that was his campaign promise. He was going to enact this middle class tax cut. Well, the tax cut he vetoed was for the top people, the top earners in Wisconsin. Um, the Republican plan that was out there would have reduced the top tax rate to 6.5%, about a 15% reduction. Okay, everybody's, uh, everybody, I think, is curious. If you're not in that upper tax bracket, you're like, well, you know, can't those, can't those people just keep paying their taxes? That'll help. That's, from, that's if you're a married couple making over $405,000. Now... You know, you could you could tell me that's not uh, a lot of money. I would disagree, but this is where this is the weird part for me. The next tax bracket, the next one that the governor vetoed, uh, it covers filers who earn between thirty six thousand and four hundred and five thousand. Now, there's a lot of wiggle room in there, and I don't. This is I can I can see why this. Like I would have vetoed this too. I would have I would have try to go back and figure out the tax code and go, how are people who are, pay, who are making 36000 jointly and people who are paying, who are making 405000 jointly paying the same amount of taxes? Now, they're paying 5.3%. They were going to, this was going to cut it about 17% to 4.4%. Doesn't there need to be some middle ground in there? You take it from, you, you take it, uh, from 36 to, I don't know, 150 or 200, and then another one from 200 to 405, because you can't, you can't equate those two incomes, you know? It's not, it, it, you're still helping people who can afford to pay their taxes and not helping people who can't. Now, the lowest, the third, the third highest tax rate Covers the uh, lower income people up to from anything below thirty six thousand eight hundred forty dollars. That's that's that tax rate went down a little bit. It's going from four point six five to four point four. It's only a five percent reduction. Uh, bottom line, slightly reduced 
from uh, the bottom rate would be from 3.54 to 3.5. But there's that there's that big window there that I'm just not getting. I'm not I'm not understanding the tax code that would immediately add the same for people who are making. Boy, if you're making 36, I know you want to be making 405. And I'm not. Listen, I don't begrudge anybody making money. But it's when you're when you're treating people with a lot of money the same as people with a little bit of money. That's when things get a little dicey. From the 262, the 400 plus years of extra school funding will diminish greatly in value over time because of inflation. It'll never be maintained that long, so I don't think it's a big deal. But I am very disappointed that Governor Evers crossed out the lowering of the 5.3 bracket that includes virtually all taxpayers. Yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't get how you can, how you can lump all or the majority of Wisconsin taxpayers together. There has to be somewhere in the middle to make that cut. From a different uh, or same number, years ago, Wisconsin had a bunch of tax brackets, but several decades ago it got simplified, reduced to the current structure. Republicans have continually, continually urged a totally flat tax. Pardon me, that's been debated a lot, the flat tax. And again, I'm not a tax attorney. I understand that this is kind of a pipe dream, and there's a good chance that this school funding is not going to survive an override. Um, I think it's an, I think it's important, and you know the governor, being a former educator, puts puts a little weight on education and funding education, and I've got no problem with that. You know, as an educator myself, I am not. I'm never going to. Uh, I'm never going to expound on the fact that we need to cut down on schools funding because. For all the hard work that teachers and administrators and staffs do, uh, we are not we're not giving an environment that is really being successful. So for whatever reason, we got to change that. And I, I did applaud the legislature for bringing in this new way to teach reading. I think that's going to help. But again, we got to look we got to look at changing up these tax brackets too because this is ridiculous. Thirty six. Thirty-six thousand to four hundred five thousand. You gotta, you gotta throw a couple. You gotta throw at least one break in there somewhere, and then keep, keep a tax break for the thirty-four to a hundred. You know, or thirty-four to one hundred and fifty. And then once you're making over that, then you, then you don't get the break, and you definitely don't need the break if you're in the top tax bracket. That's just me sounding, uh, sounding like a guy who. <laughs> Who just? Who's? I'm not mad at people who are making that kind of money, but we gotta we gotta figure something out. There's gotta be everybody's gotta everybody's gotta kick in, and if you got it, you should be able to kick in a little more, uh, or at least not get extra cuts. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's do this. Then we will be talk. I got this is Matt. I gotta talk to you about something because maybe you're the only one who can help me with this. Because there's a new word flying around. I don't understand it. It seems like the young people have embraced it, and it's driving me crazy lately. We'll talk about that and so much more. It's WTMJ Nights. I, uh, I realize and I fully admit and embrace that I am getting on in years, and that's okay. Uh, sometimes, though, things come into the parlance of the culture, and I just don't get it. For my entire adult life and my entire child life, 
Uh, anytime I went to the baseball game, had a cookout, just was eating dinner as a kid, uh, I ate a hot dog. Well, now, uh, for the last couple of years, I know one guy. One guy has been using this term, and I'm like, this guy's an idiot. Uh, but now it seems a lot of people are using it. I'm seeing it all over social media. The word is glizzy, and it is a it is a slang term now for a hot dog. People are calling them glizzies, and I thought, well, Matt is Matt is in that demographic. Matt probably is a glizzy gladiator or a glizzy gobbler. So I want to see if if Matt, have you do you use this term? Have you heard of this term? I do not use this term directly. You know, there are many words for hot dog. You have a wiener, a frankfurter, you name it. But the reason why this is coming up at this time of year, because we're just a few days removed from the 4th of July. It's the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest, which is the Super Bowl of competitive eating. Joey Chestnut dominated again this year. Dominated for, I believe it was his 15th title for Chestnut. Mickey Sudo. One again as well. At, the, at this point, those two are in leagues of their own. Um, but there was also, you mentioned the word glizzy. There was a yes. contestant in the women's competition, Elizabeth Salgado, nicknamed Glizzy Lizzie. All right. And so that just adds on to the synonym glizzy uh, coming through in the competitive eating or just the eating lore or language, if you would. And I'm trying to see how many she ate. I know there was someone in the women's competition. I'm not entirely sure who it was, but she only ate, I think, eight or nine hot dogs. It's nothing. It's nothing. She went up there and ate her lunch in front of everybody. Yeah, what? Uh, That's exactly no. what it is. You talk about Joey Chestnut or Mickey oh, Sudo. Sudo had over 40. He, like, put down. I mean, he, he put down a ton this year. Yeah. Who was that? Where I was like, I can't, I can't remember the exact number, but I was like, oh my god, again. All right, but here's the here's the point. So you've heard the term, you don't use the term. Is it as, is it as big as people are like? It seemed only in the last few weeks, and maybe it does have something tying it. It's summer, it's barbecue season. People are making a lot of hot dogs, um, but now it, it's it's everywhere, and it's this is this is a sure sign that. Uh, you're getting old when you hear when you hear a term like that. You just, that's just stupid, and, and it is now. Supposedly, it started in Washington D.C. and Baltimore, and it was a slang term for a gun, uh, more specifically a Glock. And according to urban legend, that uh, it was like around the twenty years. But this now they they're setting this as like twenty years ago that people said started using uh, the term glizzy for guns, and then it kind of moved into uh, people using it for a hot dog because it was the same shape as the uh, magazine for the or the clip for the Glock or the Glock barrel itself. So I don't know how, uh, you know, how true that is. When you're looking up urban slang, you don't, uh, you know, you got to... I, I went to a couple different sources. This is how I spend my time. I, I hear somebody's talking talking like this, and I go, that is ridiculous. Then I start seeing it on social media, and I'm like, all right, it's taken hold. I have to do something about this. I have to find out what this is about. And then I spend, you know, like a half hour reading all these uh, all these things online about where, what is a glizzy, where did it come from, what, uh, how could you, you know, how could it be, how could you have a glizzy garden? This is all over TikTok, the glizzies. But uh, now, uh, Matt, you're telling me that Glizzy Lizzy 
was in the Nathan's contest. Yes, and she only ate eight and three quarters hot dogs. Now, all right. Does that... Is she a competitor or was she just a... a Oh, like he's, I know she was competing, but is she a professional eater, or was she just like if you or I decided we were going to try to do it, and then uh, you know, I went up there and I, ate, ate hot dogs. I'd have to research how she got in. You do have to qualify for the Nathan's contest in some way, shape, or form, and I find it very hard to believe that someone would pass a qualifying meet just to get to the Nathan stage and be like, okay. Mickey Sudo's right next to me. She's eating 40 hot dogs. I'm just going to sit here and have lunch. Meanwhile, you have all these competitors right next to me who are shoving their face with hot dogs. She is described as an internet sensation. Yeah, I, I don't know. The thing I, is, <laughs> look, Major League Eating, George Shea, who's the head of it all, uh, most people might know him as the guy who wears the straw hat and the suit and MCs the whole event on the 4th of July. He's no different than a professional wrestling booker. I'm not saying that the Nathan's contest is rigged, but George Shea is always looking for a storyline to enhance his contests. You go back to 2006 with Kobayashi versus Chestnut. That was a big one. And And now that Joey Chestnut is running away with it on the men's side, George Shea is looking for his next big headline. And right now it's when is Joey Chestnut going to lose? Not anytime soon. 62 he ate this year. 62 hot dogs. That's ridiculous. The next closest competitor had 49. Which is still ridiculous. The last place finisher, 15 hot dogs. Uh, that, was, that was the results for the, for the men. But I can't, I can't... One, I can't imagine eating 68 hot dogs. But... Let's get back to the glizzy thing. Stop. Uh, Matt, I need you to do this for me. You're a young man. You're, you're, you're a generation of influencers. Get out there. Stop this craziness. If you hear somebody your age say glizzy, shout them down. If you're an old man like me, say glizzy, throw them on the grill. There's absolutely nothing, uh, no reason. A hot, hot dog is fine. Uh, Frankfurter, who says Frankfurter anymore? I don't know. Uh, Old-fashioned people, like really, like if you're a hundred, maybe you say Frankfurter. Uh, but yeah, stop with the glizzy. It's just, uh, <sighs> I don't know, just uh, making me uh, the little things that make me crazy. Uh, we have it now. There's somebody. Let me do this before we go to the news and stuff. Um, how many? First of all, Matt, how many hot dogs do you think you could eat in a ten-minute period? If I fasted before, probably less than 20. Well, they say you shouldn't. I, I don't think these guys fast. They don't fast. I mean, fast. I know the day before they're cleaning themselves yeah, up. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they, they go it about it. But I think just going off of what would make me hungry, if I fasted before, it would probably be, I'd say, 14 to 15 if I was going Full wow. speed, just because that's just over one per minute, and yeah. I feel like if I was that hungry, I'd probably down one to two within the first minute, and at that point, I'm averaging a minute per 
or a hot yeah, dog a minute. It'd be interesting to see though. Well, first of all, I would like to I would like to start a new one where they have to put like mustard and onion and relish on these hot dogs. I want some condiments because dunking them in water is gross. Eat them like eat them like we would eat them. That to me is a contest. Like if we were all sitting out in the backyard and somebody was grilling up all these hot dogs and then line of mustard, line of relish, line of onion, and you got to eat those. One, your numbers are going to go way down. But if I'm, because I, I think I'm uh, grilling some hot dogs for dinner tonight, and you know, two is an average. Two is is average. So I'm thinking, you know, like you, if I did a little training, I probably wouldn't put mine much more than yours, Matt. I think I'd be around. I could maybe do 15 in 10 minutes. Yeah, I'll go 15 to 20 again. We'll see. We'll never know. The world will never know. All right, we've got to do this. Then it's news time on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're back. Oh, my goodness. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Our text question of the night. It is National Kissing Day. Who was your first kiss? Where were you? How old were you? Uh, we were talking about that earlier. We already heard once tonight from a night's poet. Because we've been gone, the poet is locked and loaded, wants to weigh in on the glizzy conversation with another poem so the term glizzy has put me in a tizzy because what does it mean when it shows on my screen? Does it mean a hot dog or a term for a bog? Uh, does it refer to a gun or something more fun? When these terms make, it, make a flight, it gives me a fright because I'll try to use them. But my son will just hem saying I've used them all wrong. So I just get the gong pulling me off the stage using words that are all the rage. So I'll stick to the words that I know and not try to put on a show. Our second installment from A Night's Poet tonight. Matt, are you, very, are you impressed that we have a poet laureate that not only gives us one, but after a little break has now given us two poems tonight? I, I am very impressed. Two poems within the span of an hour? I know. That, that's some sort of record. we got to check. I, I, well, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely more than I could churn out. In an hour, these two long poems. Uh, I wish, listen, I wish there was, this was a uh, tipping situation, but, uh, you know, tipping is being debated everywhere. I don't know if you saw a viral video today uh, that shows a DoorDash driver taking a $20 pizza to somebody's door in Texas. Now, $20 pizza getting delivered via DoorDash. What do you think's a good tip on a $20 pizza? Well, I'll tell you what this woman tipped. Uh, she's in Kempner, Texas. $5 she tipped. So that's 25%. That's a pretty good tip on a $20 bill. $5. So she adds that all in. The guy comes up to the door. She's got a one of those... Uh, ring doorbell cameras or some sort of doorbell camera so this whole thing is on video she hands him the uh, he hands her the pizza she hands him that and then he's walking away and she says thank you and he says um i just want to say it's a nice house for a five dollar tip 
And then she's like, you're welcome. And then the driver throws the F-bomb at her. Um, when did people in the service industry become so entitled? And what is it about our culture that now everybody believes they deserve a tip? This guy got a tip. What do you expect to make? Now, I, I delivered pizzas in the past. I've worked in customer service in the past. Um, you know, is it is it disappointing as a delivery person to not get a tip? Yes, it is. And is it heartless for me to say that's the breaks? No, I don't think so because everybody should know if you're going into that sort of job, it's a roll of the dice. Most people are pretty cool. They're gonna they're gonna give you a tip. They're gonna be they're gonna act correctly. Some people are not. Some people are gonna go way overboard, give you a big tip. Those hopefully make up for the ones that don't. But where do you get where do you get the nerve to look at a twenty five percent tip and think that it's not enough? Just because you live in a nice house, you're supposed to give somebody a huge tip? What if I live in a really bad neighborhood and, you know, I saved up for the week so that on Friday night I could get myself and my kids a pizza and it gets delivered? Are you going to be mad because you don't get a tip? Because obviously I don't have a lot of money. I live in this rundown place in a rundown neighborhood. I don't have a car to go pick up the pizza, so I had to have it delivered. You can't have it both ways. You can't look at somebody's address and go, well, they they should pay, they should give a 100% tip. Who in their right mind would give a 100% tip? Well, DoorDash has fired this guy, um, which, yeah, you got to. They credited the woman back her pizza, which is, you know, I think that's fine, too. You know? But... We've got this. We've got this mentality now. And I listen. I I remember when I was delivering pizzas. If somebody didn't tip, I would be angry when I got back to the car. Now, maybe it's just these times that we're living in that people feel um, entitled to yell at the customer. So maybe we don't live in the customer's always right time anymore. And I could see maybe saying something if you don't get a tip, but not not like that. And even then, a tip is not guaranteed. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people in the service industry, and they, you know, mostly you deserve your tips. Some people tip out of, uh, you know, a feeling of obligation, and I think... I think we are obligated to tip, but this story just got me. This this story got me really upset because I can I can only imagine if this had happened at my house, what my reaction would have been, and there would have been a lot of shouting out in front of the house once this guy decided to swear at me for giving him a tip that was not to his liking. You know, she didn't stiff him. She didn't give him just a buck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't order $100 worth of food. Um, 
you know, and if the woman tipped on that the way she tipped on the pizza, that would have been 25 bucks. Is 25 bucks enough? Well, she didn't order $100 worth of food. She ordered $20 worth of food. Um, now, according to DoorDash, they say respectfully asking for a tip is acceptable. But abusing or harassing someone is never acceptable. Our rules exist to help ensure everyone who uses the platform. Dashers, customers, merchants. We have a safe and enjoyable experience. We expect everyone to treat others with respect. And we will enforce our rules fairly and consistently. All right. Well, he's out. Was anybody other than their driver wrong in this situation? If this is on your doorstep, how's it going to play out? And why do we think we deserve extra? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. When we come back, etiquette experts have weighed in on this too. And there are certain times when they say tips are not required. We'll talk about that and so much more. Get your thoughts on what's going on with this DoorDash driver. Well, former DoorDash driver. See ya. It's WTMJ Nights. Now, more of WTMJ Nights. Brian WTMJ Nights. Talking about this viral video that shows the DoorDash driver, former DoorDash driver after this incident, um, screaming obscenities at a woman who only tipped him $5. I say only because that was his mentality. It was a $20 delivery. Now, I don't know um, much about DoorDash. I'm looking their base pay for every run is anywhere between 2 and $10 per delivery, depending on the time it's going to take, how far it is going to be, and the desirability of the order. Um, deliveries that are expected to take more time that require the drivers to travel longer distance and that are less popular have a higher pay base. So then there's peak pay, there's uh, challenges, and then there's tips. Now, DoorDash doesn't take any of those tips. They keep uh, they keep that, 100% of that, and then they get the uh, the promotion, challenge bonuses and things like that. So, you know... They're differing reports. According to DoorDash, they say you can make up, you, you average about $25 an hour. Uh, stories from regular drivers uh, say, it's all over the board. So not, not really anything cut dry. But, you know, that's the, that's the breaks. You know that going in. Uh, Pete texts in. He says, you do the work because you get a sense of satisfaction out of it, and hopefully you enjoy the work. If you get a compliment or a tip, that's great. If not, you just move on. That's what the service industry is all about. I agree with that to an extent, Pete, but listen, we're all doing these. uh, Whether DoorDash is your main job or your side job or whatever, you're doing it to make money. But you have to know when you go into the service industry and part of your pay is tip-reliant, some days are going to be good and some days are going to be bad. And, you know, again, I have to keep going back to the fact that this woman tipped 25%. So this air of entitlement that this driver and a lot of people seem to have is for the birds. And it's getting, we've talked about this before and we're going to keep talking about it, I think, because it's driving people crazy. The tip screens that are everywhere, everywhere you go. Tip screens, tip screens. Turn it around. Oh, you want to leave a tip? Uh, and then you're guilted into it, right? Do you want to look cheap? No. All right. And, you know, they have the, 
the pre the percentages pre-programmed in there, but then you can always customize. And I've done both. If, if I'm in a full service place, I'm tipping no no problem. Everybody's you know they're getting taken care of. But I often wonder about people who tip when they're picking something up or going somewhere else. So I saw this today and it was interesting to me about etiquette experts who are saying that, yes, tipping obviously is important. If you're going into a full-service place, um, you should be you should be tipping. But you shouldn't be tipping every time you go into any place. Uh, you shouldn't feel pressured because of these screens. So they gave out a couple of examples of places where tipping is not required, you know? I'm always curious where, and, you know, I don't know when you text in who you are. Be honest. Do you tip when you just go pick something up? Like if you order carryout and you go and you pick up the food, do you tip? Now, maybe you did a lot during the pandemic because you wanted places to stay open. Now they're still open. We're all paying more for our stuff. Are you tipping? Now, I'm not talking about going into a restaurant. I'm talking about just you're going, you run in, you pick up your pizza, you run out. You get your Chinese food, you run out, whatever it is. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. All right, here are the five places they say tipping and services that do not require a tip. If you are dealing with professionals, you don't need to tip anyone who earns a salary or performs a trade. That means you don't have to tip doctors, lawyers, teachers, plumbers, or cable technicians. All right. Well, who, who tips their doctor? You ever throw your doctor a 10 spot, Matt, after, uh, after an exam? <laughs> yeah, I'd be laughing during this one. I'm like, tip my doctor? Tip your doctor. I'm already, I, I'm, not that I'm paying him enough because what he does is very important, but... Well, you're probably paying him enough. Yeah, like, I'm you're not going to it, it, It's like, is there an option, like, when he hands me the, the clipboard at the end of the visit or at the start of the I visit? Know. When I Maybe there'll make, be a tip screen on that. When I make my new appointment, do I see the screen? Hey, Doc, here's a 20. Your hands were especially warm today. I appreciate that. <laughs> Everything went smoothly. I did not jump at all. Uh, buy yourself a little something nice. Uh, lawyers, I'm not tipping a lawyer. Now, teachers, uh, you know... <laughs> No, we don't need a tip. That's what Teacher Appreciation Week is for. Now, I have tipped, like, I've tipped cable people or tow truck drivers or something. You know, if, like, if a guy comes to install, we had sat, we have satellite, right? So we have direct TV. So we moved into a new place and they had to run wire and do all this stuff. And I know it's his job, but, you know, throw him a 10 or 20, you know, for lunch afterwards. That's that's just how I do it. But they say you don't have to tip professionals. Um, here's the one that will get, I think, a lot of uh, lot of debate. Counter service. According to etiquette experts, as a rule, anyone working at a counter is earning a wage. While those delivering food either to your table or to your home rely on tips. For that reason, tipping people who work behind a counter, such as a barista or a cashier, is not a requirement as far as etiquette experts are concerned. Uh, even if they show you a tablet that has it. Now, um, people get embarrassed, according to these experts, when they turn the 
when they turn the screen around and you're like, oh no, I just you just handed me something from behind the counter. I don't I shouldn't have to tip you. No. But if somebody listen, even a counter worker, if they go out of their way, like if you go into a uh, a coffee place every day and you order the same thing, and they see you coming in, and they go, oh hey Matt, we got your order ready. Hey, right, you can throw them a couple bucks, you know, just because that's above and beyond. This one I tended to disagree with a little. Open bar events. Who doesn't love going to an open bar event? Um, so you go to an event with an open bar. Uh, sometimes there's a tip jar out. You know, you always got to throw a couple bucks in there. Because sooner or later, the bar is going to get crowded. And if there's somebody, you know, if they know you're the guy who at the beginning of the night threw a 5 or a 10 in there, and they're going to take care of you. But they're say, what the experts say is, well, the people who are throwing the event already probably paid a tip when they hired the bar staff. Now, that's worked into the liquor package. So you're going to, uh, you know, you're double tipping them. I always do, though. I always do. Always give a little something. Because I, I want to walk up to the bar and, and have the, you know, make eye contact with the bartender and get my stuff taken care of. Because they know I'm the guy. And people do a bit. A lot of people do appreciate it. You know, it's it's surprising. Because you figure if you're at a big event and the bar is open, if you're at a wedding or something and they're having an open bar, say everybody gave, if everybody threw in five bucks, those bartenders are leaving with not only their base pay, but nice a nice night. They're going to be happy, happy. Uh, Peggy says, I do tip when I pick up, usually 10%. Um, from the 608 self-serve beer kiosk at Amer- AmFam Field, it has a tip option when you check out. Who are you tipping? You're just tipping the beer gods for allowing you to walk up and get yourself a beverage. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm doing all the work. It'd be like if I used the self-checkout at Walmart and then I tipped uh, the guy at the door who was checking the receipts. Here's a little something. I did all the work, but, uh, you know, go buy yourself a cup of coffee. I enjoy that. The other play, the final place they said, or one of the other places they said is double tipping. Um, you tip twice for the same service. One woman was complaining that she went to the uh, salon. She got her nails done, so she tipped the person who did her nails right there. And then when she got up to pay for all the services, they were asking her to tip again. No chance, brother. Not going to do it. Then the final one, poor service. Of course, we all know you don't have to tip for poor, poor service, but good service, or even marginal service, should leave a little something. All right, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get a tip, and by tip I mean a paycheck. we got to do this. Take care of some business. It's WTMJ Nights. Now, more of WTMJ Nights. On the other side of the news, oh no, a new social media platform where Milwaukee ranks in party city standards and professional cornhole. A lot to get to in the final half hour. Right now, though, at 7.30, we have to go to the WTMJ 24-hour breaking news center. Jessica Getzo, ready to go. Now, more of WTMJ Nights. Brian Newton, WTMJ Nights. We're here until 8 o'clock. Then it's Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio. After the news, 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk text line. Old National Bank, get old if you want to jump in and be part of the show. We're talking about uh, tipping right before the news. Uh, 
from the 920, that's why I loved Australia and New Zealand. There is no tipping unless for exceptional service. Yeah, in Europe, it's very strange. you got to be, you know, t- every... Some places you can tip. Some places they don't want tips. I'm I'm all for these restaurants now that are going to uh, no tipping. No, I think that's fine. Pay uh, pay your people a little more. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be paying a little more anyway. You gotta you gotta factor the tip in with your bill. So let's just take it. Uh, maybe maybe we discuss this on a new social media thread. Matt, are you are you aware of the new social media platform that opened up today? You mean the new social media threads? Yes. <laughs> the social media platform threads that opened yesterday. Are you are you on? Did you join? I have yet to join, but I know plenty of prominent people who have uh, jumped ship to Zuckerberg land already. I'm in. I, I, I got my account last night. Um, I posted my I posted a couple couple threads to no response which is fine because that so if you don't know what this is uh, i'm sure you've heard of all the problems real or imagined with twitter since elon musk has taken it over twitter is a horrible cesspool of a place uh it is you you don't wait it's not for the faint of heart are you do you tweet matt a lot you do tweet a lot okay oh i got a following what's your handle What's your handle, Matt? My handle is uh, at msossler16. It's not a whole lot of uh, original stuff. It's a lot of replies, promotions. Uh, If things are going on with people I know, I like to support them. So, again, not a whole lot of original content, but a lot of support. Hey, listen. that, That makes you unique on Twitter. Twitter is really not a place for support. Twitter is a place to tear down and spew hate. Um, and then it's gotten worse since Elon Musk took over, depending on who you are to. So Mark Zuckerberg, who uh, may or may not still be cage fighting Elon Musk, we don't know, but he started threads. They launched a little early. They launched yesterday. It's a new app. Um, it's part of the meta universe. So if you have a if you have an Instagram account, you sign in to threads and it imports everything. You know, you're in. Uh, if you don't, then you have to get an Instagram account first, and then you can get your you can get your Threads account. So it's supposed to be text-based posts to take on, you know, to take on Twitter. There's already a lot of pictures on there and a lot of text-based posts. Now, in the first day, it's pretty funny because anybody who uses it, you're seeing in the feed. It's not like if you're if you're on Twitter now, you know there's you can click either what they're suggesting for you or just see tweets from people you're following. Well, here right now, at least in the first day, it's everybody who's on there is you're reading their threads. So you you know who knows who you run into some celebrities. You can uh, you know if you look there's all the people who are on there. You can read their stuff and it's fine. Um, people are already. <laughs> People are already complaining about it on threads that, hey, not much is happening here. When it, it's like, okay, it's been set up to be kind of a, I don't know, I, wa- I want to say nicer, but nicer doesn't really make sense. But they don't want it to be as um, diabolical as Twitter. So you can uh, you post these messages to threads. There's a 500 character limit, 
which is more than on Twitter. Um, you can share posts. You can do that. You can share your, your threads right to your Instagram stories. You can set your account to public or private. If you are verified on Instagram, you're going to be verified on threads. This is the, this is the problem, though, that people are already uh, complaining about is, now, I did what most of us do. I just, you know, clicked accept. But uh, there's some privacy concerns already. So uh, they basically own your threads forever, and they are going to be collecting data. So all kinds of personal information, health, financial contacts, browsing and search history, location data purchases, and quote-unquote sensitive info, according to the data privacy disclosure on the App Store. The co-founder of Twitter pointed out in a snarky tweet saying, all your threads are belong to us. Um, so, yes, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk agreed with him. Yeah, that's true. Elon's not happy. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess it doesn't matter if we need another social media platform. Another social media platform is out there. Uh, I was, I, knowing I was going to bring this up, I, I was flipping through while uh, Jessica was doing the news, keeping one ear on Jessica, of course, and then my eyes on my uh, my thread account to see. And it's it's basically Twitter light at this point. Everybody's like, hey, you know, we're all everybody's walking into this not knowing what it's supposed to be, really. Um, you know, there's some people complaining that not much is happening. There's people who are where you know where's all the hate there's a lot of there's a lot of uh people threading is this thing on so i, I gotta please if you're mad if you do decide to open an account don't uh don't say is this thing on don't uh don't just go high you know come in come in with a little something because you're coming in a little late to the game a couple days late so when you do come in you know but you can re you can re-thread so you can kill it, still keep up your support, Matt. You can uh, retweet or re... See, that's what we... Twitter has... Tweeting is easy to say. What are we... Are we threading? That sounds dumb. I'm going to re-thread somebody. I'm going to share their... They need to come up with some uh, nice buzzwords around this platform. Did you sign up? Do you have any plans to sign up? Or are you social media out? 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we got more business to talk about. And I'll see, I'll see if anything that, uh, you know, is trending on my threads that I posted. Probably not. It's WTMJ Nights. It's WTMJ Nights. That sticks. Yeah. Sticks is uh, playing tomorrow night at Summerfest. I will be there. One of the one of the reasons that I'm going tomorrow is to see Sticks again. I'm an old school Sticks fan. I don't know if they'll play Mr. Roboto, but um, I saw them a couple years ago. I forget they were with somebody. I think they were with Def Leppard or something. Um, and they boy they they still got it. That and here come the mummies. So if you're at Summerfest tomorrow and you see a uh, you see a giant man jumping around during a concert where people are dressed like mummies? That'd be me. Come say hi. Should be fun. Have you gone to Summerfest, Matt? 
I have not, unfortunately. Yeah, oh, this year, a couple days. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's flown by this year. Some good performances, though, fast. from what I've heard. Time is, uh, time is. Well, the older you get, Matt, and you'll find this out, the faster time seems to go. Unless it's somewhere that you don't want to be, then time stops completely. Um, but tomorrow, not only our sticks and here come the mummies playing tomorrow and a lot of other fine groups. I'm looking forward to it. There is a big cornhole tournament tomorrow. Who knew that there is a professional league for cornhole? Maybe some of you did. Perhaps uh, perhaps I'm the only one to not know that uh, cornhole is now a professional league. American Cornhole League Pro Shootout and Super Hole Cornhole is happening tomorrow at the Gruber Law um, Sports, let's see, where is it? Yeah, uh, Sports Zone area on the Summerfest grounds. So it's going to be unbelievable. It's a uh, a tournament, single elimination for professionals. It's going to begin at 6 o'clock. Then there's the Super Hole event. Super Hole is going to have celebrities. So like a celebrity teamed with, it's a pro-am for Cornhole. I love that Cornhole now has gone this mainstream. Because, first of all, I never call it Cornhole except for right now when I'm reading uh, this information. I just call it Bags. Bags has always been the thing you do at a cookout with a couple of beers. And there's always some guys who take it way too seriously. And there's some people who are really bad at it. And a few people who are really good at it. And then most of us kind of... uh, are in between, and I used to live, the house I used to live in, the neighbors, anytime there was any sort of get-together, it was funny. The guys would be playing bags, and the ladies would be off doing other things. So if you didn't want to, you know, uh, appear antisocial, you had to hang around the guys with the bags. And, again, some of these guys, it's like, all right, really, I, I know what you do for a living, and playing bags isn't one of the things, but... You know, you had to have some neighborhood domination. I did pick up a few tricks. So I would say I'm average, maybe maybe a tick or two above average, but not uh, not great. Anyway, so it's happening tomorrow, 6 p.m., the ACL Pro Shootout, which features, uh, again, a single elimination of tournament professionals. Now, this is going all over the country so they can, uh, so they can have their big league. Tomorrow at 7... The Pro-Am is uh, the celebrities are Tyler Hubbard, who is a country singer. He's going to be performing at 10 o'clock tomorrow night on the uh, U.S. Cellular Connection stage, straight off of his Super Hole. Is that a good name for an event? Super Hole? I'll just leave it out there. You decide for yourself. Nikki Garcia, who used to be Nikki Bella, She's a TV personality host and game sh- from the game show Barmageddon. She's WWE Hall of Famer as part of the Bella Twins. All right. Spice Adams, I know, former Chicago Bears player turned internet personality. And Aaron Jones, Packers Pro Bowl running back. He is going to be teamed up in their in the Super Hole Super Hole deal. So, don't worry if you can't get to Summerfest tomorrow. And you're thinking, oh, Brian, the, the way you've sold this cornhole tournament, this is unbelievable. I can't, uh, I can't wait to get there. But I can't go. Is there any way I can? Yes, you can watch this on TV. It's on ESPN2, the deuce. 
Is that something you would ever imagine yourself doing, Matt, as a young man who's a sports fan, uh, sitting around on a Friday night in front of the big screen watching Super Hole? You just described what I did last Friday. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I stand corrected. It's baseball and it's cornhole. There's really nothing else on. And just wait until we get to the All-Star break next week, other than Monday and Tuesday and then Wednesday with the ESPYs. Next Thursday might be a cornhole extravaganza for all I know. Man, uh, what program are they going to put on ESPN2 and ESPN? you got to watch reruns of sporting events, which is never good. Maybe some uh, Australian football. That might be fun to watch. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit around watching bags on TV. There's absolutely no, no chance. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. A few more minutes. Then after the 8 o'clock news, it's Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio. I don't know if you were going to take this as good news or bad news, but um, according to a new study, Milwaukee ranks fifth highest party city in the country. Yes. Top five. Woohoo! Maybe. I don't think so. Recent study conducted by Online Betting Guide has ranked Milwaukee the fifth wildest party city in the United States. I don't know. Fun? I don't The wild party? According to the findings, 25% of adults in Milwaukee engage in heavy binge drinking, while 197 have admitted to using cocaine. Relax. Uh, the city boasts a 1.18 casinos and 1.8 strip clubs per 100,000 people. Based on these findings, Milwaukee gets a 6.45 out of 10 in terms of overall score just below Las Vegas. So who needs to go to the desert when you're right here in Beer City? Things are going crazy. Uh, Reno was the top city. They got an 8.6 out of 10. Uh, Portland took second. Now, see, like Portland and Milwaukee to me, seem like fine, fun cities. I don't see them as crazy, wild party towns. Uh, Traverse City, Michigan, renowned for its vineyards and wineries, ranks high with 23% of its residents heavily consuming alcohol. That tied it with Reno, Pittsburgh, and Grand Rapids. Um, Research also highlighted the legal status of recreational marijuana and cocaine in the U.S. 22 states have legalized recreational marijuana. Um... Top 10 wildest party cities, an average of 63.6% of individuals have used marijuana, 21 have uh, experimented with cocaine, and even though it is illegal in the city, 62.4% of Milwaukeeans in the study have used cannabis in some capacity. So, you know, it's fun to say, oh yeah, we're a fun party city, but then when you bore down on those, the reasons why, you go, you know. Maybe, maybe not so good. But it's, you know, we're heading into the weekend. I don't want to be a wet blanket, you know. I got to go to a, I got to go to a Summerfest tomorrow. Now, I'm not going to drink heavily, but uh, will I imbibe a little bit? Sure. While I'm watching the mummies. Um, listen, have a, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Next week, it's the All-Star break. What do you think about that, Matt? We're going to be here every night. It's going to be crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. We're going to have some fun. So uh, join us then. Uh, Have a wonderful night. After the news, it is Brewers Weekly with Dominic Catronio. I will talk to you later. It's WTMJ Nights.